welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergus. I'm joined today by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hi, Tom. Good to be with you again. How yeah, are you? I'm terrific. Jürgen, you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Yeah, so what are we talking about today? Topic for today, logic versus emotion. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, big one. Yeah, big one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you the, what, what prompted that topic. Earlier this week, I was working with a group. Uh, they are a potential client. They're not a client yet. Mm. I have done some work with them over the years. They're a large educational institution. And uh, the group I was working with were people who came from the cultural and linguistic diversity mm. uh, affinity group. So these are people who look at multiculturalism okay. in the uh, organization. And um, they were really keen to look at what else could we do to promote a higher level of awareness of cultural intelligence or cultural diversity within the organization. Hmm. Loads of cultural diversity at what they call the, among the student population, loads among the lower levels in the organization, but missing up in the top end. In the meeting, towards the end, one of the participants, or one of the people in the, in the group said, well, let's do all this data gathering, and uh, then we can present it to the senior leaders, at which point somebody else in the group said, but we have all this data. Didn't we so-and-so presented all this particular data around, in Australia, this is what it is, yeah. and you know, within our institution, this is what it is. So we already have it. Um, but maybe we need to refresh it and get the latest, etc. So I was suggesting to them that facts are important, right? Like, but I was quoting from the words of uh, one of my uh, early mentors, Dr. Alan Wise, who's the consultant's consultant. Yeah, yeah. He's written more than 60 books on consulting. And uh, one of the lines that he uses is that logic makes people think. And emotion makes people act. Mm -hmm. That if you want people to take action in anything, you need to have a degree of emotion. Yeah. Otherwise, people think about it, don't quite do anything. Mm. Yeah. So you need to engage their emotion. You need to engage mm -hmm. their emotion. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that has always been, I'm, I'm always very conscious of that. In, in the proposal, proposals I do or in the meetings that I have, etc. And in this particular group, that's one of the things I was saying to them was, look, all the facts and all the data in the world that you can present is not going to move people into action because people are going to look at it and, and say, oh, well, that's interesting. Mm. But what's the issue? Yeah. And why do we need to do something about it? Amongst all the numerous other issues there are to deal with, mm. as a leadership team, for instance, right? Why, do, why would we need to focus on this? Yeah. So how, how do you take 
data that you have, facts and knowledge and information, and present it in a way that it then engages the emotion of somebody. I mean, first of all, the first step clearly is presenting a case for whatever proposal you're making, mm-hmm. which does involve some data yes, and perhaps some insights from that data. That's, that's really important as well. But how do you then transition into building an emotional connection around that particular proposal using the data as well uh, to support mm-hmm. the case? That's, that's a, a good question. My view on it is that you, you need to always... So when we, work, when we talk about the area of diversity and inclusion, we need in, 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 if we want action to be done, we need to engage people on a personal basis. Mm. You know, there, there needs to be skin in the game. Yeah. So let's just, instead of talking about culture, let's talk about gender, mm-hmm. you know, gender equality which has been on the cards now for 25 years, right? Yeah, yeah. We've made a lot of progress in 25 years. There would be a lot of people who would argue, gosh, there's still a long, still way, a to long go, way to go, right? Yeah. So, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that, may be, that may very well be the case. Nevertheless, we have come a long mm. way, yeah? My experience of being in this field now for 27 years, I look at the conversations that were being held back then to the conversations being held now, and over the years... What I have seen is the clients I have worked with, the people for whom it's really made a difference, who've become advocates for the cause, is when it has been personal. Hmm. So one of my very first clients that I used to do a lot of diversity work with was a large multinational who were in oil and gas. Yeah. And the VP of chemicals at that time, he used to open a lot of the work workshops and presentations that we used to do. And he always opened with the story of how he was a professional expatriate, right? As an engineer, he traveled all over the world with different posts. Mm. And his spouse, his wife, just followed him. That was it. That was just no questions asked. That's just the way it was done. He said, but he noticed with his daughter, who was a professional Mm. uh, in, in the medical field, her husband was an engineer, and there were some career options now available for the husband. Okay, yeah. And in any multinational, you, know, you need international exposure. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you want to move up the career ladder, yeah. you need international exposure. You cannot work for a multinational just being in one location. Well, it doesn't make sense, yeah. right? And um, so he was really keen. This, the son-in-law was really keen to take some of the posts. The daughter said, no, I'm not moving. Yeah. I am not interested in gallivanting around the world. Yeah. I want to build my own practice here, mm. have my own patients. And you know, so it so for this VP, this senior person, he said that experience really challenged his thinking. Mm. Because he was reflecting on had his wife said the same thing to him. All those years ago, right? Mm. 30 years ago yeah, yeah. when he first started his career. He thought to himself, had his wife said that, his career would have been on a completely different trajectory. Mm. But 30 years ago, it just wasn't even a point of conversation, whereas here it was. So for him, that was the personal, what we call the personal, personal. moment, mm. right? That, that aha mm. uh, moment. So that, that's, a, that, that's a very classic, classic example. And... Numerous other stories that I've had with clients who 
the wives come back and tell them over the experiences in the workplace or their daughters come back and their daughters talk about that really kind of people go wow really those things happen yeah people say those things etc etc because inevitably there is that sons as i'm sure you have yogan worked with groups of men or whatever and they talk about gender or women and and i say to them listen we're talking about someone's wife Mm. someone's mother someone's sister yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want people to say that about your wife. Yeah. You know, and, and the defense is always here, but that's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, I find those are the type of people that when a comment is made about their wife, mother, daughter, uh, they get more outraged than anyone else does. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So it's about having that personal skin in the game. Mm. I think that's important. In any form of diversity work, it's really getting a sense of... So then one of the questions that someone in the group said was, well, you know, what if we're doing... So because we're talking about cultural diversity, so well, what if you know, the people we're talking with are kind of Anglo-Saxon, right? Mm. So within the Australian context, you know, they have not experienced some of the cultural differences or some of those biases yeah. that perhaps others mm. have experienced because of the color of their skin or the or the ethnicity, mm. or the accents, etc. And my response to that was, they may not have experienced exclusion in that aspect. Surely, though, they would have experienced ex- exclusion on some other mm. aspect of diversity, you know, be it their religion or their affiliations or the political yeah something Mm. so it's about that experience of exclusion that's what you're really trying to tap into so how do we create a more inclusive workforce because if we talk about those things we have it on the walls Mm. we talk about you know we're an inclusive organization we aspire to do all these things which you know everybody does and have Mm. has but it's like how do we live it how do we work with it and how do you get people engaged in it so that's why i think the emotions are important so therefore the storytelling yeah i was just going to say stories it and and particularly personal stories so if i'm presenting a case to somebody and i've got all this data and i'm here's my proposal this is what i think we should do i can share a personal story and that immediately gets an emotional connection because i've made myself vulnerable yep and the story itself people can resonate with and if i tell a story that other people can relate to and say, oh, yeah, I've, I've experienced something similar. So yes. Let's say I was bullied at school, Yep. which is a fairly common experience. And you say, well, you know, you relate that to the experience that people have if they're discriminated against or they're put down in the workplace. A lot of people will, can relate to the bullying even if they haven't experienced the other the other aspect. That's right. Yeah, so so I, I, that, I, I think you will notice over the last, say, d- 10 years there has been a surge in the interest around storytelling right Mm. so storytelling for leaders or storytelling for sales or storytelling for change it's about how do we bring that aspect of storytelling which is actually all around emotion Mm. uh you know how because it's to your point it's about being able to tell a story that others can relate to yeah and go yeah well that could happen to me or that could happen to my kids how do i kind of uh, how do I have that occur? Yeah. And the other thing that occurs to me, um, and I was listening to a podcast this morning that talked about uh, how do I get more sales for my 
course was the topic. Mm -hmm. And the message was, it's all about how I show up when I'm not selling the course, which is, so basically the lady who ran the podcast Mm -hmm. went on to describe how she gave people information, how she trained people on the topic that her course is about, how she um, shared information on social media at a time when she wasn't launching the course was as important because it was part of building that relationship. Mm. So I think, you know, in in the example of here, I've got this proposal, I want to get people on board with this proposal, I can bring a story in to do the emotional connection, but some of it is about how do I build those relationships on a uh, on an ongoing basis that will then enable me to make that proposal or to to make that connection much more easily when I'm ready to make a proposal. That's right. That's right. So it's 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 it's, so it's again that art of storytelling, and it doesn't always have to be verbal. Mm. You can have other forms. I remember with one client working with them years ago when we were doing a change initiative, and um, uh, what we did was a series of storyboards. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the whole change initiative was explained in a, a dozen storyboards, okay. visuals. You know, because it just made it so much easier. Mm. We were talking to. Uh, organizations or in countries where English wasn't the first language. And rather than making it a talk fest, it was just easier doing it on storyboards. And it was hugely successful because it actually was a story Hmm. presented over 12 scenes where people could just walk by and go, okay, this is where we are, current situation, Hmm. future situation. These are the issues. These are probably some of the challenges we're going to face. It's just like any story. There's always a hero. Yeah. It's always, you know, the hero gets in trouble. <laughs> you know, what's the hero's journey? Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. That, yeah, yeah, the whole Joseph Campbell book. Yeah. And then what does the hero do? Yeah. To kind of, yeah, hmm. yeah I, I love that. And what I love about those storyboard exercises too, particularly in that context that you mentioned where you've got a whole lot of people from different language backgrounds that, that – um, they have the ability to contribute and they kind of can build the story together mm. and the visual aspect of it means that everybody, you can get everybody to understand or share the same vision. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. All right, so what's the takeaway for our listener today? What's the reflection point? The reflection point out of this podcast is to consider when you are presenting to your teams, to customers, to senior stakeholders, is what's the story? Mm. And are you getting or hitting them both on the logic and the emotions? So in other words, are you giving them the data, which is important for thinking, so logic, logical presentations. At the same time, can you weave in some stories, be they personal or someone else's, so that you can actually also touch their emotions. Because ultimately, when we are presenting to any audience, what we want is the audience to take action. Mm. Okay. Otherwise, it's just information. Exactly. And if you want to give information, that's fine. But if you want people to take action, you need to touch their hearts. Yeah. So, great reflection point, and as always, we'd love to hear how the reflection point, what that triggers in your mind, and also how 
making those emotional connections and telling some stories works for you. Indeed. Thanks, Jürgen. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.